0: Welcome to the Architect of Change Show with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman & Associates. Now here's
1: Connie. Hi, I'm Connie Whitman, your host, and you're listening to Architect of Change on webtalkradio.net. Thanks so much for joining me. I start with my motivational quote. Today's quote is relevant not only to the conversation today, but also to the concept of being your own architect of change in your life. So here's a quote by Eric Harvey. The more proactive you are, the less reactive you need to be. And it's such a relevant, I think that's just a relevant um, quote, because I think in today's uh, society and our lives, we, we just have to be proactive so, with so many things. Today, my guest and I are actually going to discuss plastic surgery, and hopefully we give you some insight so that you can determine if it's right for you, when it's right for you, what questions to ask, and all that kind of stuff. So today's show, um, here's some of the topics. You know, I always tell you what we're going to discuss, and then I'll wrap up with what we did discuss. So number one, um, if you're contemplating plastic plastic surgery, um, what do you think, what should you think about, what questions maybe you should ask um, your surgeon from the consult, et cetera. Number two, when you're undecided, which is, I, I, I am a plastic surgeon veteran, um, as I was uh, undecided, what is a good way to seek a surgeon? Again, somebody who's credible, someone that you can trust, um, and again, to help you make that correct decision. Uh, I was mostly afraid of the anesthesia since I had never had surgery of any kind before. So we we will discuss that surgical process, um, how it's improved, how the risk with plastic surgery, anesthesia, all of that stuff really has been minimized um, with the technology and procedures that exist today. The fourth topic we'll discuss is the byproduct after the plastic surgery. Um, Even before the body really is fully um, healed, there's such an emotional and mental shift And this idea of a better self-image, first of all, it never really occurred to me because I was managing back pain. Um, But we really need to discuss how uh, women, men, how they've shared um, their story, I'm sure, with Dr. Nagy, my guest, and what was that shift, both internal, mental, emotional, um, that they had experienced. And I think that's an important topic that we don't often think about. Uh, Many people think that plastic surgery is addictive. Uh, Dr. Nagy is going to explain why this is such a false and and silly notion. Um, Dr. Nagy is very active with the Cancer Society, and I do want to speak briefly about that with him because I, I feel it's all of our obligation to continuously bring awareness to this great cause. Um, He'll tell us the type of work he does for the Cancer Society and what has been his biggest impact working um, with breast cancer patients. And the last thing, I hope he can share maybe three or four tips with everyone if you are thinking about or in that decision-making process of plastic surgery, um, what is that next step and how can you be proactive with your research and your planning? Now, Before I I, um, introduce Dr. Nagy, I just want to give you some background about his just certifications and all of his credentials because I I think he's amazing. Um, He's double board certified by the American Board of Plastic Surgery and the American Board of Surgery. Um, Dr. Nagy graduated summa laude with a bachelor's degree in biology pre-med from the University of of Scranton in Pennsylvania. He earned earned his doctorate at the University of Cincinnati Medical College after completing a five-year general surgery residency um, at the renowned Thomas Jefferson University Hospital in Philly. Dr. Nagy, a Monsignor Donovan High School alumnus, uh, returned to the Shore area, yay Jersey Shore, uh, to practice as a general surgeon. He pursued additional training um, after two years in practice and was accepted into into a fellowship specializing in cosmetic and breast surgery with an additional 2 years of plastic and reconstructive surgery at the University of Minnesota um, I'm sorry, Mississippi Medical Center Uh, He is one of the area's premier plastic surgeons and exudes not only the knowledge and skill of surgical excellence, but a caring and compassion for his patients unparalleled by other surgeons. And that I can personally attest to Um, his compassion and care is, is beyond uh, belief. My husband, when he first met him as we're going for surgery and Dr. Nagy went to prepare, my husband looks at me and he goes, he's really cool. And I said, yes, he is. That's why I chose him. Um, But with that and, and, I really wish you all go to his website to see the number of awards and just wonderful things that he's done um, and, and the accolades that are, are present on the website. He's just an amazing doctor, so I welcome you, Dr. Nagy.
2: Thank you. Thank you. What a, a great uh, introduction. Uh, I really appreciate the the kind words.
1: I know. Can you go home later and sit <laughs> through the door of your house? <laughs>
2: I, I will try. I will try. Yes, yeah,
1: I know. I know. But thank now, you you're so are so humble and awesome. My pleasure.
2: No, it was. It's uh, my pleasure to uh, to be a guest on uh, with you today and uh, to discuss a little bit about uh, plastic surgery.
1: Yeah, I I think it's it's so funny because for me, you know, um, the back problems, the chronic back problems I was having, and. You know, I was referred to you by my doctor, which I think is very important. So I came in to you to meet you with confidence. And you know, as soon as you heard my story, and as soon as you saw and took pictures, um, you know, you were you said, "Oh my goodness, you are clearly a candidate." And for me, it wasn't about the beauty aspect or the, the pretty or the you know the feel good aspect. I didn't even think about that. It truly was about relieving the back pain um, that was becoming more and more chronic as I age. So um, I, I really think this is such an important topic for women, but also for men, right? I, I know on your website that you do a lot of um, surgery for men as well.
2: Oh, absolutely. And I think that's one of the kind of the myth, myths about plastic surgery is that either it's uh, it's all about the beauty part or the cosmetic part, and number two, that it's that it's all for you know about women. Um, the yeah. th- there are several plastic surgery. You know that's why we kind of refer to it as plastic and reconstructive surgery. And there's a lot of surgeries where it's it's a kind of a gray area, or a blurred line between reconstructive and cosmetic. And uh, many of them accomplish both. You know, we're yes. we're taking something that is I, I like to refer to it as the Abnormal normal, and and making it better. Um, That's
1: ex- exactly right. Well said. Yes.
2: <laughs> for, so we, we you know for example breast reduction surgery is you re, the the surgery will uh, you know, relieve the symptoms that the patient's having, but also the breast the appearance of them is improved. Uh, the way the patients will look in clothing improves. Um, so there's a cosmetic change. We do upper eyelid surgery. Um, The skin of the upper eyelid can stretch and grow, so that it can actually cause uh, uh, visual field defects, where you have trouble Mm -hmm. seeing out out the side of the eye. And Mm -hmm. you know that surgery again, we restore that that um, area of vision, but also make the eyelids look more youthful um, and improve the appearance there. So that's that's certainly there's a several surgeries that kind of bridge that bridge both of those and, and men are, are definitely, um, seeking plastic surgery more often. Um, I think as they're starting to take care of themselves and, and, uh, either concerned about their appearance, either for job reasons, um, want to look younger or healthier, uh, so they can be more competitive. Um, or, uh, I think there's just an overall, um, um, push for for men to to take better care of themselves as well.
1: Is there is there a more prevalent type of surgery for that men request? I think we we typically with women it's the breast it's the you know uh, facelifts you know all of that kind of thing. What is it typical for a man? I'm 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 really curious.
2: Men um, will typically from a, a surgical standpoint. Um, they're most commonly interested in the eyelids. Um, hmm. I always tell, you know, I, I tell the patients contemplating eyelid surgery that, uh, upper and lower eyelid surgery most bang for your buck in plastic surgery. It, it's really, it's, it's a, um, fairly straightforward surgery, very little, uh, downtime you know, They're bruised, uh, and swollen for about a week, but hmm. the, um, the results, um, you know, just with eyelid surgery can look seven to ten years younger wow. uh, I think I think a lot of people show their age in their eyes that's usually where I look when I'm trying to to gauge somebody's uh, someone's age um, so men typically like the eyelids and then they also um, will come in for consultations for liposuction
1: for the belly for the um, the mid yep. midlife right belly yeah. uh,
2: the uh, love handles yeah. Um you know the uh, even those that, that go to the gym and work out and you know, there's just that point where you just can't get your 20 uh, year old body back, no matter how hard you <laughs> try and may need a little bit of help and so the, so the uh, most common surgical procedures <clears throat> tend to be the the eyelids liposuction uh, men are w- with the improving non surgical technology that's available such as cool sculpting.
1: Yes, I was gonna ask you therapy. to talk about that.
2: Um, men you know, men are men are the you know they don't like pain. So <laughs> if we can do something non surgical and no downtime, uh, they're much more uh, interested in it. So cool sculpting which reduces fat, uh, just like liposuction does, just not to the same extent, but can get very good results. And all therapy, which can help tighten the skin on the face, um, that uh, those tend to be uh, very popular with the male clients. Um, and then injectables. More men are doing Botox. Really. Mm-hmm. Botox and fillers, which can improve the appearance of the face, make it make uh, face look more youthful. Uh, so those those are the big things with uh, the male.
1: You know, it's so interesting, and again, we think that women are, and and the word vain isn't right, because I I don't think I'm vain. Again, mine was prompted by by the back, Mm -hmm. but I I think that um, you're right, for men to remain competitive, you know, as we age, all of a sudden, you know, I I think we're looked upon as, you know, are they still relevant? I can hire younger people, you know, who I can charge them less. So if we look the part, we feel the part I think we we maintain energy and, and all those you know it's true if you feel good you know you, you feel like you look good i I think that you bring to the table more energy more positivity all that kind of stuff as well you know
2: well absolutely we see it uh, we see it all the time um, you know with stories from patients uh, after after having done you know procedures where again they just they just feel better, um, and like you said, that translates into an energy level, uh, a confidence, you know, when they walk into a room.
1: And and I just I want to comment on that because you laughed at me when when I said to you at, at one of the follow up uh, visits, you know, where you were checking to make sure the incisions were were healing properly and all of that, and. Um, for those of you that are guessing, I, I had a breast reduction over the summer again due to chronic back problems. And make that clear. I guess I never really said that at the beginning, Dr. Um Anyway, I remember the day after when we came back and you took the binding off, and you know my husband of course came in the room, and I just remember. Because that would be that was the first time I had really seen you know, even though it was all scarred and everything, and I remember looking at my husband with such excitement, and my response was, "I love them, and he laughed because I have always had you know a larger chest my entire life, and very self conscious always wore bigger blouses, all these things and and the funniest thing was, and I said this to you, you know I'm so confident now, and you smiled. I think because I come across as confident, which which I am to some extent about my business stuff, but my <clears> physical, I, I was never confident with how I look. So all of a sudden, you know, this unveiling for me, this was a great unveiling. I was like, holy moly, this is unbelievable. And for the first time, I looked at my body in a more positive way. did not expect that at that moment. That was the day after now, so you're still sore and everything, right? I'm all swollen. That was remarkable to me. That was one of those um, life-changing moments, and it was awesome. And the other thing, my back, now, again, is this your mental perception? But my back felt a difference, truly, within that first day or two where I didn't feel that, that weight, that pressure. So, you know, again it was twofold. The physical was woohoo, but the mental was wow, I'm loving this baby. <laughs> and
2: and there's uh you know, depending on the, the surgical procedure, you know, and and the uh, example injectables, um, sometimes that happens right away and other times that happens three months down the road. You know, it just depends on the, the healing process. But breast reduction surgery is one of those where the next day you know, you're sore from the surgery, but you can tell that uh, the weight is off the neck, back, shoulders. Uh, yeah. Posture Remarkable. is already better. So th- that's something that you see right away. And there's some other procedures where, you know, it may take four to six weeks to, you know, get to that point. It um, just depends. But it, both of those are components of, of uh, the healing, you know, and the final result.
1: Yeah, that that was really – it really was an unexpected positive, you know, that, that I never even thought about. You know, you go in with one consideration and then you come out and, you know, you really you, – you see the value of the decision and the outcome was just – it was miraculous. Um, let's pause here for one brief second and then we'll come back and talk about fear of surgery and all of those things and, and perhaps you can put – some people's minds at ease as to you know why we shouldn't be afraid of these procedures now due to technology and all that kind of stuff okay absolutely okay take a quick quick break
0: a speaker has little value to an audience unless you the listener is motivated and empowered to change So next time you need to hire a speaker, don't hire someone that just talks. Hire an architect of change, Connie Whitman. Just ask for Connie by calling 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com.
1: Okay, we are back. I'm on with Dr. Nagy, um, and we are talking about plastic surgery and really plastic and reconstructive uh, surgery and we were just discussing how not only is the benefit the physical for me it was the back um, shoulders neck all of the the weight from the breast but now the the feeling of, of this confidence that I didn't know I, I had in me um, because I was a pretty confident person but the physical was just ridiculously overwhelming and I will share with you Dr. Nagy it's so funny people see me and I had lost um, I'll share this as well the preempt for me to see if I would be a good candidate for um, the insurance to cover the breast surgery, I had lost 25 pounds uh, the previous year and a half. And I was going to the chiropractor with frequency. And all of that documentation certainly helped with the insurance um, covering. So that was something that I did. Um, It was funny because even after losing the 25 pounds, people are like, oh, you look good, you look good. After the surgery, people came to me and said, oh, how much weight did you lose? <laughs> and after the breast surgery, really, that was, you know, two pounds from each breast, right? So it was a few pounds. Right. So now I think i up to 30 pounds total. The, their reaction struck me funny. But think about it. Four pounds up near your face, right, is tremendous weight. So to lose it. Now all of a sudden they notice the weight loss. Isn't that really, I, I find that very funny.
2: No, absolutely. It's and it's it it probably some some of it is just where that weight is. Um, uh, The the change probably in your clothes uh, Mm -hmm. because even though you had lost those twenty pounds, you still probably weren't wearing the clothes that you could wear because of the the size of the breasts. And and by changing by changing that, um, you know, really opens up a whole new uh, whole new wardrobe for you.
1: And it was funny because people said, oh, my God, you have a waist. And I said, well, I always had a waist, but I had to wear clothes so big. <laughs> it just hung straight down. Yep. It's kind of funny. Uh, like I didn't have a waist. I'm like, now, wait a minute. Just a minute. Now, my body wasn't in that bad of shape, right? <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so let's talk about, because fear is, on, on the show, you know, we talk about any aspect of our life, no matter what we're trying to change. Fear is a very big Motivator to not change. So, can we talk about why people are are fearful and why maybe put put that to rest? Why they shouldn't be fearful?
2: Probably the biggest uh, biggest fear that patients will express when they come in for a consultation is, is the anesthesia. Um, mm. Most that that is probably ninety five percent of uh, of the concern. Um, you know, and, and anesthesia obviously there's no. You know, we, we never take it lightly. It's still uh, putting someone to sleep and, and taking care of them while they're asleep. But there have been you know, many innovations with uh, both with medications, with equipment in the operating room, and just the experience of the anesthesiologists that um, uh, make it extremely safe. Um, you know, co- elective cosmetic surgery, we're taking someone who is extremely healthy has no other medical problems; otherwise, we wouldn't, you know, be doing the surgery and um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and take him to the operating room. So it it, it you're still subject to, to some of the you know, some of the complications of, of anesthesia, but they're significantly reduced. Um, we do uh, I only operate at two surgical centers um, besides the hospitals, and these surgical centers utilize the same anesthesia group. So that I use the same anesthesiologist every week. I'm used to working with them. They're used to working with me. Um, they've established or together through both the anesthesia uh, literature and experience and the plastic surgery, literature and experience. We've established protocols for our patients so that they get through, um, through their surgery as safely as possible, as quickly as possible, with the least amount of pain and, and discomfort. Um, you know, everything we do from the the minute someone shows up at the surgery center, you know, there's there's compression boots that are put on, on the legs. There's warming blankets um, to maintain body temperature while they're waiting for surgery. You know, all these, they seem like little things, and, and a lot of people probably don't even notice them while they're there. But everything we do is to um, minimize any chance of complications or problems with surgery.
1: You know the other thing I noticed about the surgery center, everything you just said was dead on. That's exactly what I experienced. The other thing that uh, I, I was taken back by was the efficiency. Um cause I had it at the surgery center in, in Tom's River, right? In Tom's River? hmm Yes. Yeah. And um for a minute I didn't know if it was Brooke or Tom's River, but the Tom's River Surgery thing the, um, Tom's River Surgery Center. And the thing that which my husband and I guess were struck by was the energy, positive energy, joking with us, keeping it light—that um, I didn't even think about because I had never ever had surgery before. So yes, I was fearful of that whole anesthesia piece. How was I going to respond to it? Was I going to be nauseous after? You know, all those, all these horror stories that people—people people always share the horror stories, never the good stories. So we're, we're sharing some of the good stuff here, I think, right? Oh, and, absolutely. Your your surgery center, we joked around, and my husband and I were like, wow, these people are amazing. They clearly love their job. And they, you know, the whole thing was was just a wonderful experience. And the other funny thing is I think you remember I, I had just come back from vacation, and I had the lashes, you know, the lash extensions on, and they were expensive. So I I kept telling everyone, don't paint my lashes, don't take my lashes. So the anesthesiologist who was a funny, funny man came in and he goes, Oh, your lashes, you know, we're going to make sure we take care. Everybody was talking about my lashes. We were hysterical by this saying, wow, but, but here's the point I'm making the humor. Yes. But everyone that was important to me and everyone was aware of it. Everyone that came to me mentioned it to me. I didn't have to mention it to them. That was the little touch of care that really took me back. Yes, the boots, all those things were there, but the personal attention to Connie Whitman was, I had never experienced anything like that, and maybe because I had never had surgery before. So your team, I just want to compliment your team, they were remarkable.
2: Oh, it's a phenomenal group, and, and uh, I've certainly I've been to other places where, you know, it's not as efficient, not as personable, yeah. Um, but, but like you said, that's what what happens when you get you put together a team that um, they love what they do, and you know they're they're top of their fields. You know, most of th- those nurses that were that are at the surgery center, they came from the hospitals, and and we have women in there that were ICU nurses taking care of the sickest yeah. people, um, uh, ones that uh, work in the neonatal intensive care units. Um, yeah. you know, we have the best of the best there. And they, they just do a great job.
1: And it was obvious. And one nurse said to me, um, she we were just cracking up. She was so funny. And, you know, because we were tan and the beach and, you know, the whole thing. And um, I'm like, yeah, I'm coming out of this looking good, baby. You know, we were joking. And she um, she was teasing and said, you know, here's the reality. If you go into surgery feeling good and happy and laughing, she said, you come out much better. It's a better um, mental. You come out much more uh, calm. So she said, mm-hmm. we want you to go in calm and feeling confident, and then you come out feeling calm and confident. And, you know, we, we say, like we're talking about the physical surgery and all of that, but think about that. That mental component is key as well. Mm-hmm. And and they took that into account. So just what a great experience from start to finish. So, again, if anyone is undecided, just come talk to Dr. Maybe. He's <laughs> fabulous. And you see his team is fabulous. Um, okay. So now I, I really am curious to talk about the um, – we have five minutes, and then we have to take another break. But I do want to start talking about plastic surgery is addictive. So – I think that's ridiculous because I am not addicted to it now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> good, good, or bad so for what me? The,
1: yeah. So share, share. You know why and why it's you know kind of not. It's kind of ridiculous. Well, there is you know there
2: there there is a um, psychiatric disorder called body dysmorphic syndrome that oh. um, I think it that's probably. When you say addictive, that's who would be considered truly addictive to it. It's an extremely okay. rare, um, extremely rare condition where people seek out plastic surgery um, uh, because they're unhappy with their body, but it's they see their body in a distorted way. Um, so they need, uh, you know, they need counseling. They often need medication. Um, but that true addiction is to plastic surgery. Again, is extremely rare. Um, most people, you know, they'll say uh, they'll say you're addicted to plastic surgery because they people will come in and most people that consult with me, they have one or two things that they're concerned about. And once we affect a change in on that part of their body, they're very happy. Uh, sometimes they'll notice that if they do. A little bit something else because they see a, a good result and the improvement and the way it makes them feel, you know that they can do something else, um, and they may explore that. But it's not not so much an addiction. Um, I, I, I was telling you before I, I went into a um, went into a local store to buy a gift card uh, for the holidays last night, and the woman who helped me was one of my patients, and, and told me she was coming back in for. Uh, for another uh, procedure, and, you know, she she jokingly said that, you know, her husband said, oh, you're addicted now. Um, But, you know, clearly the the way she dressed, the confidence level, you know, and and she realized that plastic surgery, it, it does help on many levels, and that it's safe, and, you know, it was the other thing she's Contemplating is, is like, you know, injectable treatment, so it's not um, it's not another surgery. Um, so why not do
1: it? Yeah, and it's funny. I think about how much money we all have spent on diet plans and diet food and to try to, you know, lose weight and, and all these things. And, again, if an injectable to fill your lips a little bit you know what it is? What was that movie with Goldie Hawn where she had – this was probably, I don't know, maybe the movie's 20 years old, but she – I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but she had the injectables in her lips, and they were ginormous so that she couldn't even talk. So I think that when people say, oh, injectables, you're going to end up look, look, looking like Goldie Hawn right. with those big lips, you know, because the the media, you know, highlights – I think that recently there was a young woman that had all of these surgeries, and her face ended up looking very deformed because of the surgeries. But for my my question would be, how could the doctor continue to do these 15 or 20 surgeries on this woman who was pretty beautiful before the surgeries? So, uh, you know, I guess that's why it's important to pick the right surgeon you know, understand, I didn't even know that such a a disease existed, that this distorted image of self, who who would think that such, you know, I'm glad you're sharing that, because who would know that?
2: Well, it, it sometimes it's hard to identify that, um, because if the patient, you know, they're, they usually, the patients are usually pretty smart about it as well, so, They'll often uh, go to multiple plastic surgeons, and if they don't fully disclose everything to you, you may not mm. catch on to it. Um, sure. I, I've been in practice um, uh, between between my fellowship and and then in, pra- in practice now, starting my eleventh year, and I've seen one patient uh, in that entire time. But wow.
1: you
2: know, I did I did a surgery on her, and and then it was before. I realized so, it can be tricky, um, and it's something that you know a board-certified plastic surgeon is going to keep their eye out uh, for that. Sure, um, sure. You know, as far as the you know, I know, I know some of the shows you're talking about. You know, I'm, I'm really not sure what motivates some of the some of those plastic surgeons, and you know, I've never looked completely into their credentials. But um, you know, again, it's something that you certainly. You know, the the thing that all do- all doctors, not just plastic surgeons, um, the first uh, oath you take when you get your degree is first do no harm. So sure, you uh, everything you do, you have to make sure you're not you're not you know harming the patient in the long run.
1: Yeah, and um, I guess that would include the mental, so that and and people can be dis- deceitful. So I I totally get what you're saying. And the other thing I'll share, you, you know, you have the videos, you know, while while you're waiting, mm-hmm. although everybody, you don't wait long in Dr. Nagy's office, highly efficient office as well, but I was watching the, um, you know, the breast reduction, and it, it's like an information resource that you have available so that before you came in, it, I actually came up with a couple of more questions based on the information that you share, and it says, you know, you know, are you the right candidate? And the doctor will evaluate that. And, and I thought, oh, wow. Again, never thinking, because here I'm coming in back pain, you know, normal stuff that oh, I'm thinking, wow, I, he's going to evaluate whether I'm a good candidate for plastic surgery, you know, from that mental capacity. You're almost like, hmm, that's interesting. So, yes, it's your responsibility. So I think that's wonderful that even in your videos you kind of share that, Um, you know, that you're responsible for the total well-being, you know, of the patient. Dr. Nagy, I want to pause here and just, I I want to ask everyone, and I I hope that they respond, but, you know, I hope you're inspired by, by myself and Dr. Nagy in our conversation today. You know, I'm sharing a very personal story, and Dr. Nagy is, T- providing tremendous uh, resources, information to what for, for if you're looking to do a change for again back pain or or you know the eyes like he described or just that feel good uh, plastic surgery or reconstructive surgery. Uh, I really hope that you're finding this conversation insightful and answering maybe some of the fears and worries that you have to say, oh, I better not do plastic surgery, or the, the stigma that, oh, I had plastic surgery. I tell the whole world how I had plastic surgery when they say, you know, you look so great, and I go, plastic surgery, had the breast reduction, love my new breast, and, you know, my husband laughs at me now, but it's, it's a fabulous thing. So I really hope that, you know, Dr. Nagy is debunking some of the crazy things. I really do encourage everyone, and I'll give all his contact information at the end, but if you're really curious, go to his website, you know, as you're listening. And it's, uh, of course, com, And it's D-R-N-A-G-Y.com. And he's located in, in Wall, New Jersey. So, you know, go take a peek. He has awesome uh, stories, resources, uh, procedures that are available and all that kind of stuff. Um, but you really need to, you know, New Year is coming. We're at the holiday season. Look forward and, and really make that decision. Use this information. Um, you know, go to Dr. Nagy for a consult. Don't let fear hold you back. That's Fear is is one of my, my things that I address in every show. And just don't let fear hold you back. You have reputable people like a Dr. Nagy who just is invaluable. So, um, again, if you're unsure, you can reach me at Connie at com. You can call me directly, 732 888 1420. And again, um, Dr. Nagy's website, com. So, um, you know, thank you, Dr. Nagy, for letting me stop with that. But I, I love for people to share their stories, share their fears, because I think once you put the fears out into the world and someone kind of addresses it in, in a uh, not oversimplifying, but you know, you look at it because you're not too close to the situation. I think that's how people find clarity. So I, I really hope that the information we're sharing is providing clarity for some of the listeners. So thank you for letting me pause there and and you know, ask for that feedback. I w- I would love that feedback. Um, and so did you want to share anything else about the addictive personality or the addictive, uh, you know, why people shouldn't be afraid?
2: Uh, again, I just I, I think that it's more of a um uh, as people see that it's, it's safe, um, that it makes them, you know, it does affect change and it, it makes them uh, feel better about themselves, that, you know, it, it's, as long as it's done in moderation, just like everything else, and, yeah. and by, by having, uh, you know, uh, a, good, uh, a good doctor to do that and to
1: absolutely kind of guide
2: you through it, it's, it should never, ever be a problem
1: yeah and it's funny my doctor uh when i questioned my chiropractor actually mentioned that the breast reduction and cuz my back was so bad and and one day he said to me you know can you buy a different bra and i looked at him like are you kidding me you know and not to get too personal but i was spending between 80 and 90 dollars on a bra just to you know help with the back and all these things And he was like, wow. And I said to him, what do you think about breast surgery? And he's like, I think you'd be a candidate. So then I went to my holistic doctor, Dr. Uccello, who has also been on the show. And I said, you know, who do you recommend? Because, of course, I trust her. And you were the first name she gave me. And I said, done. And and for me, there was such confidence. And then I met you, and the rest is history. But here's the weird thing. I was at work, one of my clients and one of the women that work at this this bank that I do work for, we were chatting and she was going into surgery two months before me and lo and behold, having the same procedure, back issues, all of that, her doctor referred you and she lives further south in New Jersey than me, but two separate doctors referred you. And when she told me that, I was like, Yeah, baby, he's the one. Like it all doubt vanished because two two random doctors, you know, from different parts of the state clearly recommended you. So kudos to you as well, Doctor Doctor Nagy, because you know, that to me was a no brainer and the other woman was equally pleased with the result, and she was slightly older than me. I'm I'm 53, and I think she was mid to late 50. So, mm-hmm. um, again, a peer, uh, we were at that age where the back and, and all of those issues. So, you know, plastic surgery isn't just for young people as well. Right? <laughs> I think we think young people.
2: Right. No, it's, uh, you know, it's it, there's something for... Um, most age groups, um, yeah, you know m- my most common patient um, women thirties forties done with their kids uh, um, you know a lot of, I hear often that it's it's time for themselves now, um, uh, but they still do feel a little guilty, you know the uh coming in and and, and doing something, but you know the the mommy makeover that people hear about that usually means some, something with the breast, something with the tummy, and whether it's yeah. a reduction in implant, uh, lift, uh, uh-huh. tummy tuck, liposuction. Um, but that's that's probably the most common I see, and then and then as people age, of 50s, 60s, uh, um, the mini facelifts, the um, breast reductions tend to uh, tend to be up there too.
1: Yeah, I, I think because the weight as we age also, sure. and then that's when the the back is affected. Yeah, it becomes yep. more pronounced. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, another, I have another question for you now. The Cancer Society, you are an active member. You've won multiple awards. Um, just remarkable stuff. Can you tell us the type of work you do for the Cancer Society?
2: Well, currently um, for the American Cancer Society, I am the Jersey Shore medical spokesperson and I'm also one of the the board members um, but eight years ago I started out um, just volunteering um, I met with uh, how i <clears throat> excuse me I wanted to uh, I wanted to get involved with an organization um, when I when I started up in practice and I looked around and American can I liked American Cancer Society because it it um, not only had it, did it have its national prominence, where it uh, gives a lot of money for research, uh, basic science research to develop new treatments, but um, they also keep um, a local component where they do things locally. Uh, they provide uh, transportation for patients to, to and from chemotherapy treatments who who can't drive and, and don't have anyone to bring them. They um, we just opened a boutique um, in uh, Community Medical Center where uh, patients that are undergoing chemotherapy and lose their hair can go mm. for uh, wigs. There's a full-time esthetician. Um, they also offer Reiki therapy. It's a beautiful room. It's in it's in Community Medical Center, and it's uh, it looks like you're in a high-end uh, Medi spa. Uh, wow! So I, that that was the thing that I liked about the American Cancer Society and that's what got me involved and I started out just giving giving uh talks to them to businesses uh about skin cancer and breast cancer um and kind of worked my way worked my way up uh you know to being asked to be a board member uh 2 years ago um so I, do, I we uh, we've been a sponsor of uh the Making Strides Breast Cancer Walk um uh and uh we uh, participate in, in most of their fundraisings that they do um, I also work with uh, the Jacqueline Willen Center Monmouth, uh, at Monmouth Medical Center the breast cancer center there um, I offer to take two to three patients a month who wow. have who do not have insurance and mm. I'll do their I'll do their breast reconstruction Wow um, so and I can tell you there's no uh, Lack of those, uh, you know, with the changes in healthcare and how difficult yeah. it is. Uh, so, you know, the whole my whole office, uh, you know, participates in that because we, you know, it's a, we take a take a lot of pride in that and those they're our favorite patients. Um, but uh, you know, we take care of them.
1: They must. They must be beyond appreciative because, for, think about the emotional having breast cancer, right? So the emotional with that component, having the you know removal, right? And and oftentimes mm-hmm. I would think mastectomies, and you do the reconstruction, right? Right from the surgery, correct? Right. If I'm not yeah. mistaken, you know. So think about. I went in afraid of anesthesia. <laughs> You know, these people are dealing with a whole different level of fear and concern and worry, and then the insurance not being, we're not having insurance, wow, I can't even, you know, imagine. It's its like my story is ridiculous in comparison, so that you can go in and make a difference um, from the Reconstructive, you know, it's people like you that are just remarkable and um, there was an award on your uh, website, a Heroes, um, there was a Heroes Award and I'm not saying that right. Do you know what I'm talking about? I
2: had the, I was Volunteer of the Year for a Jersey Shore area Um, and then I think that was the the other one was for, uh, what was that was for?
1: Wait, I'm going into, I'm actually going to your, um, I read it and I go, yes, he's a hero. Well, you're my hero. I told you that, right? Oh, Healthcare Heroes Award in 2009?
2: Yes, yes, with yes. the, the what New is Jersey, that, uh, that was uh, just an honor from the New Jersey Small Business uh, Association, uh, and they partner with uh, the American Cancer Society, Um and just uh, someone who um, had made help help to make changes in in people's
1: lives. Yeah, I love that heroes because you know right when 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 we did the unveiling and then I came back uh, I guess thirty days later I, the next day and then I think it was thirty days later that you saw me again and or whatever that time frame was and um, I I think I said to you well I love you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you you're just so gracious and adorable, and you smiled, and I'm like, oh my god, he thinks you're crazy, you know. But for me, I I, I didn't know how to express the gratitude that this made in my life. So so now you like, add the layer of of cancer on top. I can't even imagine these women; they must just like suck the air out of you when they hug you. <laughs> At the end of the process, right?
2: It's uh, well, it, it's uh, it's great. It's a, you know, again, they're uh, the the breast cancer patients uh, uh, become like family to us here. I mean, I we, believe it. we meet them pretty much at the time they're diagnosed, and yeah. we're usually the last doctors that they're with because they've gone yeah. through all their other treatments, and you know, yeah. we uh, we kind of base the reconstruction on on what's going on you know with their chemotherapy or radiation whichever yeah. whatever they need um, so it's
1: a whole another uh, layer of things that you have to take into account as well as the surgeon right the the tissue and, and all those mm-hmm. things it's um it's you you are truly i loved that uh title hero i thought mm, what a great award it's it's well well said we have to take one more quick break and then we have about um 12 minutes when we come back um, I, I think about what, what, if any, was the biggest impact in your life working with a cancer patient or patients, if there's one story that just kind of stands out. And if not, if they're all remarkable, that's cool too. And then um, three or four tips that you can share for the listeners so that if they're kind of in limbo mode, uncertainty mode, how can, what would be the things that you would make to recommend them questions to ask, how to find a surgeon, whatever you think would be the most important for the people listening that are contemplating, you know, making a move with with reconstructive um, or uh, um, I'm sorry, reconstructive surgery or plastic surgery. Okay. Okay. All right. So we'll quick break and then we'll we'll come back and, and finish up.
0: It's a shame when you're feeling stuck in your business and you feel like you have nowhere to turn. It's a shame when you slog through long days in your business and you don't get any return. It's a shame when you feel like you can't see the forest for the trees and your business brings you to your knees. Einstein said repeating the same actions over and over won't produce different results. So stop feeling ashamed. Your business and you deserve better. Change that shame into righteous fame. Connie Whitman can tame that shame. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates will help you to discover your new path and nothing will ever be the same. Connie's tried-and-true one-on-one coaching sessions will tame that shame so you and your business will not continue in vain. Call Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates today at 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. Call Connie. Turn that shame into your game.
1: Okay, we are back. We are with Dr. Nege. We are talking about plastic uh, surgery and reconstructive surgery, and my my last uh, two questions, well, my last question really is in reference to the Cancer Society, I, again, uh, the awareness. We have to continuously bring awareness um, to generate people's donations and all that good stuff so that we can help uh, people who are fighting cancer. Do you have a story that was the biggest impact in your personal life, maybe?
2: Um well one of one of the reasons that uh I became involved um, with especially with breast cancer um, I did practice as a general surgeon for a couple of years, and so I was on the other side of of the the breast cancer uh treatment oh. um, you know I was involved with doing the 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 removal of that breast cancer so oh wow you know, again, I had an early exposure to that um you know personally I've had uh, uh, breast cancer in my family um, okay. I've lost uh, an aunt at a young age um, oh, wow. uh, from breast cancer my mom uh, is a survivor uh, so you know, I've had you know I have a sister-in-law who diagnosed in her 40s who is wow. a survivor so from a personal standpoint I certainly have have dealt with it and and seen that side of it um, but I've had I've just had some just great patients over the years. And it's interesting to see how, um, you know, afterwards, <clears throat> how some of them will, will get involved in, and, in, you know, I have a patient now who's, who's on the board of the American Cancer Society, you know, who I took care of eight years ago, um, who runs all the, um, um, all the walks, uh, the local walks. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I had a patient, uh, uh, Get a tattoo of um, my practice logo on her ankle, you know, with a pink (laughs) ribbon. Um, I love it. Yeah, I had a I had a patient win win a wet t shirt contest after (laughs) after I did her reconstruction. So, you know, I've got some you know some uh, great patients.
1: You know, and that spirit is just fabulous and. You know such wonderful, that's wonderful, just to hear that and and again your own personal um story, so you know you your here's the thing for me, dr. Nagy, with you know your whole your whole team, not even beyond you, which here's for me you it is you that they represent it's passionate, it's compassionate um there's enthusiasm your team is classy and respectful and joking, you know, you joke with them and it's the from start to finish. It's just a great experience. And, you know, with your with the personal history that you just described, um, that you bring to the table, I think that's the the you know, the compassion piece. Although you're just like my husband said, he's such a nice guy. It struck me funny because I know how I felt about you right here I'm trusting you to you know go under to the knife literally and my when my husband said that I looked at him and I go yeah right and he said he's really cool and I said that like wasn't that funny and I go yeah yeah that's a good word like he's really just a cool guy and you know what and then you have all these credentials and all these awards and. You wouldn't know it because you're humble and you're just a really nice guy. So, again, for me, I like to deal with people that are cool. So you, you're you just a cool dude, and I love that. That's, you know, mm-hmm. these great stories just, you know, make you, I guess, who you are as well. So, you know, we're, we're onions, right? We peel back that layer, and it's like, ooh, another layer. <laughs> Alright, we have. Ho-
2: hopefully, my kids will think I'm cool someday. Yes,
1: yeah. uh, you gotta <laughs> let them listen to this and say, "Look, another fan!" Right? <laughs> not be like, "The lady's crazy." <laughs> I know we're not cool, Doctor Nagy. It's funny. Yep. Oh my goodness! I- can I share the story about you hurt injuring your finger right before my surgery came <laughs> <Sure>. in? Right- <laughs> Doctor Nagy comes in and he has his finger wrapped with. Um, it wasn't stitched. It was like... Uh, the glue. Uh, surgical the glue. glue. Yeah, surgical glue. And I said, oh, my goodness, what happened to your finger? And you were with your daughter. You guys were hanging out. You were washing dishes together. And you broke, I think you broke a glass mm-hmm. and cut your finger, right? Right. So, of course, <laughs> I'm teasing him, saying, uh, I want to see that thing removed. Because, <laughs> he, and he's wiggling it for me. He's like, look, look, it works fine. And you crouched me up because you said you wouldn't let them... Do stitches because the stitches um, would impair your movement, and I thought that was hysterical. I said even had his own peril. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's who you are, and and I know we're joking, but it's you're real, and that's why I I just I loved you from. From the minute i met you because you're you really you're real you just keep it real so that's um i hope everybody hope this resonates with people if they're on the fence to say you know what he is a really cool guy as well as being an awesome you know surgeon okay we have eight minutes can you give a couple of tips for people who really are on the fence and saying should i shouldn't i should i shouldn't i and and maybe help them with that decision making process
2: well, I think uh, the the first thing and the most important thing is to make sure that they're doing it for themselves. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's it is a significant undertaking, and, and you should do it for the right reasons. Um, you know, they should do it for themselves. Um, next thing is, is to find a surgeon who they're going to be comfortable with, and mm-hmm. um, the best way, and I would say 90% of my my new patients come from referrals from other patients, from Mm -hmm. doctors. And so the best thing to do is to ask around. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of, there's billboards, there's ads, there's, uh, TV commercials, um, websites. And, and that's just, that's part of our, our business, but it's still the, the, the best way is to have someone who has some type of personal experience. Um, and then, if not, um, to interview a couple of different plastic surgeons. Um, you know, it, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I, I've, I've seen consultations, uh, people who like their plastic surgeon and then met somebody um, who it was one of my patients, and they've come to me just to, to make sure that the other guy, I would do the same thing. <laughs> and yes, you know, I, I put their mind at ease and they don't have surgery with me and that's OK. You know, they, it's it's making them feel comfortable because if they go and they have a positive experience with plastic surgery, it's just it's good for it's good for our profession. It's good for everybody. Totally. Um, Absolutely. So I, and and then just to to make sure whoever they choose is board certified. Um, you know, there are, un, unfortunately in today's world, there are a lot of um, a lot of ways around that or a lot of. Hmm. Um, you know, you'll see board certified um, uh, in some of the ads, especially for the non-invasive things. And then you do a little digging and, and they're board certified in emergency medicine. Well, that's not, you know, plastic surgery. So, right. So you, you definitely have to kind of scratch the surface a little bit and where uh, the onion, you know, peel it back a little bit. Yeah. And, and just yeah. make sure that, uh, you know, they're not playing with uh, playing with words.
1: Yeah. Isn't that sad? But yeah, I guess, you know, it's just, it is what it is, right? Everybody's not a nice person or, or whatever, whatever their issues mm-hmm. are. So yes, the, um, any other, any other tips?
2: And, uh, uh, again, I, I just, uh, you, you have to, you have to feel comfortable, um, and have confidence in, in the person who's going to be operating on you. Um, and, you know, again, the, the board certification is important. The, uh, you know the fact that uh, uh, someone who's been in practice, uh, mm-hmm. you know, with, who's, who's not to say anything. You know, I, I'm hopefully I'm considered a young plastic surgeon, but um, <laughs> just, an, <laughs> just an experience thing. You don't want, you know you don't want to uh, go to someone who uh, who doesn't do a whole bunch of something. So, yes.
1: Yeah, you want the efficiency as well. Right. Um, and, I, you know, we didn't talk about, but the healing aspect I, I can share personally. Um, I had the breast reduction, and I I did have a little bit of lipo out of the belly um, through menopause and all the weight loss, and I still had that little um, stomach on the top, and it, it just bothered me when I do my speaking engagements that I would be self-conscious. And I mentioned it to you, and you said, you know, you're under the anesthesia already, not really a big deal, and, um, I mean, it's a big deal, but you know what I mean, you said mm-hmm. I mean, we wouldn't have to do it a second time, and, you know, you can't lift your arms with the, with the brush reduction, and the stomach, I definitely, you feel like you did about a thousand crunches in 10 minutes, because um, your stomach just kind of feels a little beaten up, but the bruising, I was, I thought I was going to be almost black, and that, that never happened, and, um, the we had a surgery on a Monday, and by that Thursday, I was doing laundry. So, and I was up and moving. Uh, my nieces uh, came the next day uh, to see me, and they were like, don't get up, don't get up. I'm like, no, come on, let's go eat. And your friends had sent food over, and the Italian thing, sorry, you know, it it'll revolves around food for us. And, um, you know, I was putting things in the microwave, moving very slowly and cautiously, so I didn't rip the stitching and all of that. Literally, I didn't take any of the pain meds except for the first night. And I was like, I feel fine. There is no pain. That it was more of a pulling than a pain. So if anyone's afraid of the healing process afterwards, it, it, and, and I don't mean to minimize because it's still surgery, but the healing was, was an, almost a non-event. I, you know, I, I'm sure there's horror stories as well. Maybe I'm just a good healer, but people shouldn't be afraid. Of healing of you know of the right. pain afterwards right is that am I saying that right I, I, I just don't want people to be afraid of the pain
2: right it, it's um, uh, certainly manageable and again with the, yeah uh, with the technology the medications the protocols that we have in place um, we really it's really not as bad as, as a lot of people thought or you know uh, stories that have been passed down um, a lot of my patients would get back to normal lives pretty quickly. They're all always surprised, still find it. A lot of them are surprised when I tell them, you know, uh, their estimated recovery time. Uh,
1: yes, I was shocked when you told me. I'm like, really? And then when it was a couple of days later, my husband's like, oh, my God. And I said, I feel good. I feel really good. So I'm not going to not, again, like you know, we couldn't go exercise and all those things, but it was it was really almost a non-event for me so um yeah i don't want people to be afraid to do this Mm -hmm. so um believe it or not our time is up so i hope everyone did take some notes um i thought your tips were great really you should do it for yourself because you know it's your body man so it should be for you um especially if you have back problems or the eyelids and, you know, don't be afraid to to pull the trigger and and go for it. Um, again, find the surgeon that you're comfortable with. Again, 90% referrals. I am not surprised for you. Um, interview absolutely. Like anything else, why wouldn't they interview to make sure that they're, um, you know, comfortable and confident and then the board certification. So thank you for those tips That's um, I thought they were really concise and, and helpful. Um, All right, so our time is up. I hate when I have to say that, but we talked about uh, plastic surgery itself. Now we just talked about the healing at the end. If you're undecided, Dr. Nagy gave you several good tips on how to pursue this. Uh, We talked about the anesthesia and the surgical process, and with the new technologies and everything, the risks are really minimal. Uh, the byproduct, the mental, and the, the physical transformation is mind-blowing. I speak to that personally. Uh, plastic surgery is not addictive. We talked about that. And the Cancer Society, and hopefully we raise some awareness in that regard as well. Um, if you'd like to speak with Dr. Nagy, again, if, if you're unsure, please, please reach out to him. Um, he's right in New Jersey. His phone number is 732 282 Zero 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 two again seven three two two eight two zero 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 two and um, go to his website www.drnagy.com, dot and that's d r n a g y dot com and all the contact information um, is there and stories are there the website is is very well done so. Dr. Nakey, thank you so much for taking the time. I know this is a ridiculous busy time. I know you have a busy day. So um, just thank you again for coming on and for sharing uh, your personal stories and, and insight. And you are an awesome guest. Thank you.
2: Well, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
1: Yes, yes. Um, all of you, thank you for listening and tuning in. Uh, you've been listening to Architect of Change with me, your host, Connie Whitman on webtalkradio.net. I look forward to seeing you all next week. Have a great week and have a great holiday. Uh, Please do something different. Try to develop a clear plan and begin your path to change by doing something different and committing to that change. Thanks and have a wonderful, exciting, and happy week. Thanks, everybody.
0: You've been listening to The Architect of Change with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Thank you for tuning in. We're glad you were here.